Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for another episode. It is the second of November, which is crazy to say out loud. This year has absolutely flown by and there will be one week, I promise you, where we don't really have anything to talk about. But this week is not that week. Another busy one uh, ahead. But luckily, I'm joined by the main man. He's back from his holiday in Fiji, where he's been living the dream. It was Fiji, wasn't it, Josh? It was. Yeah, it was Fiji. Yeah. How was it? Good? Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, any of the Australian listeners, or we could say England listeners as well, if you uh, if you if you want a little trip, then go. It's it's interesting enough. Only four hours away from Sydney. Um, so an interesting fact for you, Sam, actually takes longer to fly to Perth, which is in the same country, than it does to fly to Fiji, which is outside wow. the country. So, That's insane. Yeah, there's probably a few other places like that around Australia. But yeah, it takes five hours to fly from Sydney to Perth. But it took four hours to fly to Fiji. So amazing, and you, and you've got a you've got a book recommendation for everyone as well, don't you? Now, yeah, yeah, Shoe Dog uh, by Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. Very, very good. Nike, um, Nike, yeah, 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 um, yeah. No, very good. Um, talks about the the beginnings, uh, starting a, a business from from nothing, the idea, um, his entrepreneur entrepreneurship i think i've said that right. <laughs> i've just murdered that there um and just everything else in between so yeah um good to be back but mr mr nicholas mcgregor did a fantastic job filling in last week i listened um it was a great great episode good to see him making his debut as well so yeah he'll, he'll be listening Nick. he'll be listening today he's actually ill so oh, i think he's got a bit tough. of a chest infection so i hope you get get well soon nick um yeah, podcast nick. today I mean, we've got to talk central banks, we have to, uh, and then we can talk a little bit about earnings as well. I mean, it, like I said, it's just been an incredibly busy couple of weeks. And by the end of this week, we're going to know a lot more about how investors are going to be positioned, really going into the back end of the year. So, yeah, busy one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a huge amount going on this week. Um, jobs day, uh, rate decisions, earnings. Yeah, I'd, I'd expect a fair bit of volatility to sort of come through in the back end of the week. I mean, it's been a... You know, it's it's been a good start to to November, I'd say, but pretty muted start. But yeah, I think we're going to see some volatility, especially after that rate decision. More earnings coming through as well. So, yeah, busy one, busy one. Uh, okay, first up, then we will go with the RBA. So they've had their meeting. We know what they've done, what they've raised or not raised. I'm not going to spoil it just right now. Um, but of course, then we got the the Federal Reserve. For those that are listening today on Wednesday, that's coming out this evening UK time. But RBA, what's your summary of their meeting? Yeah, so the Reserve Bank of Australia lifted rates by 25 basis points. Um, so it was the second 25 basis point rise after we had multiple 50 basis point moves sort of earlier in the year. That moved sort of the cash rate to 2.85%. Um, and what's sort of slightly different with the RBA is that they sort of meet every month for a decision. 
unlike sort of the Fed or the Bank of England. I think it's usually sort of like every six weeks or so. I think I don't think it's specifically that, but it's not as frequent anyway. Um, and then to, to, to sort of throw everything into the mix, last week we had a hotter than expected inflation reading. Uh, that was a 30-year high at 7.3%. And that actually saw some question marks over a move back to 50 basis points um because of it was such a sort of hot reading um but that of course would have sort of meant changing uh their sort of their hand if you like um it would have sort of gone against i think the move that they tried to make in that sort of dovish stance but they, they've sort of stuck to the same course and they stuck with that 25 basis points i think it just sort of shows that they are trying to sort of solve inflation issues or they're not sort of trying to solve those inflation issues i should say immediately you know they're walking the sort of tightrope of bringing down inflation but not forcing the economy into a recession that we don't really need here in australia i think that they're sort of they have a, a they have time on their side a little bit more i think that that's a luxury uh, you know at the moment that's sort of probably not available to the fed or the bank of england um you know i think in in terms of the, the way the economy is moving here it's it's in a much better situation than what we're we're seeing you know across the pond if you like um we've obviously got wage growth we've got inflation expectations that are obviously the 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 most important factor for the rba and and if they've remained sort of contained the rba will likely feel that it can sort of afford to to sort of take that patient stance um in waiting for inflation to sort of come down and then obviously with it with a soft landing rather than a recession for the economy so despite the smaller hikes though um the rba does expect to sort of increase interest rates further uh, over the sort of the coming period it is obviously closely monitoring the global economy household spending wages obviously we've got a, a house housing market here as well that's sort of been in in significant decline now in recent months so the sizing the and the timing of, of future interest rate decisions again that's going to be very you know put down to the incoming data data dependent just like we've always seen from the fed uh, and that's going to be there, obviously, as well, their assessment of the outlook for inflation and, of course, the labor market as well. So they're sort of basically saying that, you know, they're probably going to continue on the same path of 25 basis points. They probably want to get to a point where they stop hiking rates as well. Uh, but they're, they're not sort of giving their whole hand up just yet. Yeah, not showing everything. Um, interesting. Interesting. So that kind of leads us into the Federal Reserve meeting tonight, the FOMC meet in their penultimate meeting of 2022. So they have eight a year. They've obviously got this one on the 2nd of November and then December as well. What, what are we looking out for? I mean, it, it seems pretty much nailed on a 75 basis point hike is expected and priced in. Mm. So I guess we're we're really then focusing on the the, the conference from, from Jay Powell, um, but, I mean, what a shock it would be if it wasn't 75, I guess. Yeah, exactly that. And, and as you said, it, it, it seems that it's going to be a 75 basis point move, right? Um, mm. and, and we haven't really seen anything unexpected from the Fed yet. You know, in, in this sort of interest rate cycle, it's basically been everything that we've expected. Um, we sort of spoke about the dovish tone there from the RBA. Um and obviously their sort of pivot that they made. But then we also had that sort of unexpected move from the Bank of Canada as well with their sort of 50 basis point hike. Um, they were expected to move by 75 basis points and, and they, they sort of went to 50 basis points. So we, we sort of had maybe a, a few sort of pivots from other central banks. But again, the, the Fed have been pretty in line with, you know, what the market's pricing is what we're getting. Um, 
which you know i guess is is taking away sort of a bit of un, uncertainty but we do still see you know a, a fair bit of market movement after the fact anyway um but i think you know again it's it, you'd be very surprised to see the fed move here um i think probably we, we've got a cpi print next week as well that'll probably cement the fact that they're needing to sort of stay on the front foot with with these sort of aggressive hikes in the meantime and as you say, comments are going to be key here. We'd like to hear about future moves, um, the step down from 75 basis points. I think that's obviously going to be the focus. There's been a, a lot of talk around sort of the step down and, and sort of that question mark over the last um, sort of week or so. Um, and then I think if we if we have those comments from Powell um, that we essentially he's insinuating a step down, um then then that will be what i think the market runs with but i think Powell will stick to what he has said previously which is that they're data dependent um and we've got two employment reports we've got a cpi report before um the december blackout period and then obviously before the the rate hike there so i think they'll be reluctant to sort of pre-commit to a smaller rate hike this far in advance especially with so much data coming through and the fact that they've said they're data dependent um inflation is obviously failing to sort of behave as the fed would would like um so as i say i think they're going to be reluctant to sort of slow the pace of hikes until there is evidence that that price pressures are moderating which is for the moment we, we haven't sort of yet to see with inflation sort of really remaining sticky isn't it really above that sort of eight percent um level so i think the commentary you know has offered some support to you know that that sort of view of a 50 basis point rate hike in december that the data doesn't support that yet uh, so as such i think we will we'll sort of i think we have to keep the option open for another 75 basis point hike in december even if the fed's language is a little bit softer uh, but ultimately i think just the market is starting to price in um you know a, a lower move in december but as you say we, we've got, got some really important data sets uh, in between um that that next meeting yeah us cpi out next thursday on the 10th and uh, you've also got us midterms coming up as well i, I saw a, a massively sensationalized uh bloomberg comment from uh, jp well it came from jp morgan and it was saying if the Fed do a 50 basis point hike with a dovish press conference, the S&P 500 could rise or will rise from uh, up to 10 and 12 percent, which I thought was just ridiculous. Wow. Uh, just one yeah. of these things that they're putting out there for the sake of it. Uh, I'll tell you what, I actually think it would not do the opposite, but I don't think it would go up at all. I think if anything, that would be seen as the Fed losing a bit of control. So if I were mm. the Fed, if I was in the Fed shoes, I would kick the can down the road keep with the status quo and, and let december do the talking uh there that's kind of how i would see it uh another central bank that we've we've got this week uh so we've had the rba for those listening wednesday you've obviously got the fed today and then tomorrow you've got the bank of england um so before we do focus on some of those earnings that you're looking out for this week let's talk about the boe um so heading into their policy decision it's it's firmly expected uh, that we're going to see a bigger hike than we saw in September. So September was 50 basis points, which really underwhelmed the market. But also there was so much, not not confusion. I I, I guess the there was there wasn't a solid um, consensus from the the MPC. So there were some that wanted 50, some that wanted more, some that wanted less, some that didn't want anything, and and that really didn't help the pound. And then you had the political mess as well. 
So inflation, as we know, still at multi-decade highs. Uh, so the minimum I would expect to see is a 75, 75 basis point hike. If not, yeah, I think you'll see pretty significant downside for the pound. If we do get the 75 basis point, it's priced in, then we've got to listen out. There's a survey from uh, from Reuters, uh, analysts at Reuters, where I think it was 18 out of 30 think it will be a 75 basis point. Uh, 10 of that 30 think bigger than that, 100. And then the other two are 125 and 150. So look, no one is is saying under 75. So that that's just sort of goes to show how much that is priced in. Uh, but yeah, going back to September, as I said, it was a real split decision by the MPC. And 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 hopefully this time we just get a bit more clarity uh, and a more central decision by the central bank. Um, so it would be good, I think, just to, from a sentiment point of view, if it looks like the Bank of England is starting to get more aligned with their views. However, is that wishful thinking? I mean, Josh, it, it probably is. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I summed it up really nicely in a tweet. Uh, a couple of weeks ago what on earth is going on in the uk at the moment um and uh I, I just think that's the case i mean this is without a doubt one of the most turbulent economic periods in uk history um there's no doubt about that i think you know you're being you know the uk economy is being talked about globally you know the the rinse and repeat of prime ministers coming through the door and and going back out again you know that's not helping things at all i think you know, Andrew Bailey um, even said that the central bank are, are flying blind at the moment, I think were his, his words, which doesn't really provide a huge amount of insurance um, for for anybody. Uh, if you're flying blind into your interest rate decisions, then that's yeah. not fantastic. But again, you know, with, with so much, you know, uh, you know instability, um, you know, he's absolutely right. You know, you, mm. how do they know what they're going to you know, make these moves by um, when, you know, there's literally no policy um, in place or no stable policy anyway. So, yeah, it's um, it's a difficult time. I wouldn't want to be uh, Andrew Bailey or I wouldn't want to be Rishi Sunak at this point either. So, well, unless you, you you're guaranteed your 110 grand a year for life <laughs> if you lose your job. I mean, it's not bad yeah. for, for Liz, is it? 45 um, days, wasn't it, Liz? Yeah. That's, that's genius. Isn't it? That's working smart, not yeah. working hard. She I, knew I, what I, she was doing there. Oh, 100%. I don't know if you see last night the headlines. Matt Hancock is, is actually on his way to Australia. Dude, yeah. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. It'll be interesting to see how he does. I mean, this, this could be a, a very good decision by him. If he comes across even half human, he's going to improve his already horrendous image. Um, and then who knows what can happen. But uh, He'll lose yeah. a seat though, right? No? Yeah, he's going to lose his seat. Yeah, been suspended. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure the be payoff would nice payday though. Yeah. yeah, it will be decent, I'm sure. Um, just before we do go to the earnings, last night I was I was in the office and I, I, for those people in London that work in London, you'll, you'll understand where I'm coming from here. When it, when it gets to whatever time you finish, five, six o'clock, you just know the tube is going to be really busy. So I never leave on time. And and that's not me saying I'm a really, really hard worker. That's me saying there's no way I'm getting stuck in with the, it with is, the, it with is. the, yeah, no, it is. It is everyone. Yeah. Anyone at eToro, I just love work. <laughs> but uh, anyway, in that period, I, I thought, right, let me write the bull case and bear case for, for markets right now. And look, it's before the Fed meeting, so things can change. But just, you know, we're going to go talk about earnings. So one of the interesting things that I sort of wrote down was, the tech sell-off from the big earnings last week it didn't really it didn't send markets lower. Uh, there'll be also people that saying you've got some really really good stocks that are a lot cheaper than they have been in a long time. So that could be interesting for those looking to to go down the bull route. Sentiment is historically awful right now, 
and that's obviously a contrarian indicator there's less people that can be bearish therefore the only way is up in theory um also there's a massive advantage for those people who are long-term investors that don't have to report quarterly monthly semi-annually whatever it might be we've got time on our hands um individual stocks are cheap historically as mentioned we got peak fed hawkish soon it feels like that's coming the rba and and, and bank of canada are already there um also on the flip side we had that recent yield curve inversion um which kind of means you know and that's the first time since the pandemic which then leads closer to peak rates which then leads closer to you know recession and and a sort of a looser monetary policy so that in theory means maybe that low is in or coming soon and also disinflation coming soon as well falling profits slower wage growth is a drag on inflation and then in recent days we've had rumors it has to be said of the co- uh, zero covid policy in china changing mm. although i think i saw a comment from you this morning saying there'd been a week-long lockdown in china i could be wrong yeah. is that right yeah no and uh, let me just pull it up again hold on yeah shengzhou locks down the airport economy zone and it's where the foxconn plant is located for seven days uh, and obviously foxconn uh, for those that don't know are a massive supplier uh, of apple so uh yeah, something to, to, to sort of know. But yeah, I mean, it's just crazy, isn't it? You know, one yeah. minute you, you expect them to let up and then obviously <laughs> they don't. Um, they're just sort of really sticking to that policy. And until that changes, yeah. these supply chains are just going to have, you know, there's just going to be, it's just going to affect all of these companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you say, it is really interesting. You know, we look at a lot of these names um, and obviously I was off last week, but you, know, you can't help but, but have a little look at markets and mm. you know when you're starting to see names like facebook you know under a hundred dollars you look at nike under a hundred dollars yeah you got amazon falling by 25 and when you got time on your side 25%. right correct you know. yeah yeah and it's it's an interesting one especially when you look at something like meta right obviously um i've probably been someone when i've done a bit of commentary about meta recently you know you just want you just want to sort of shake zuckerberg and just say mate yeah. come on you've got instagram you've got whatsapp you've got you've got facebook just focus on that but then also you then throw it back to maybe amazon when bezos was trying to then start up aws it was the exact same yeah. conversation and i think i remember there was um uh i think i I've, I've seen it on twitter floating around and there's a there's an image on bezos on the i think maybe forbes magazine or something like that and it just says something like stick to selling books or something when yeah. he's talking about launching aws and i sort of feel that maybe we're in that sort of same same environment where yeah, yeah. i wonder if you could look at meta and say look you know they are obviously looking ahead of time um but yeah i mean you you, you know obviously it's billions of dollars i think he's hemorrhaging money isn't he with it at the yeah. moment i think three billion net loss or something on on reality labs which is just obviously massive especially when advertising slowing down as well yeah i mean hindsight will say what the right thing to do is but i for anyone who who would come to me and say that they like meta at these levels long term i couldn't really you know disagree yeah. with them to be completely honest but yeah it'll be interesting to see how that goes um but yeah meta obviously had a bit of a struggle has had a struggle in 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 recent times apple amazon microsoft meta and alphabet all reported last week what a week um and Mm -hmm. i would say largely they disappointed uh, and that's pretty important when you consider it's 20 percent of the s p there or thereabouts but the stock market 
finished pretty much on its highs last week. Uh, and I saw some interesting stats for those that love those. Um, it was the best October for the S&P since 2015, so seven years. Uh, and actually for the Dow Jones, it was the best since 1900, which is insane. For, for the NASDAQ, it was since last October, which is obviously <laughs> not not that uh, important. But uh, yeah, anyway, what are you focusing on on this week? Um, massive week last week, but still important enough this one. Yeah, well, I missed a massive week last week. I don't think. <laughs> well, I, don't, I think. I think uh, being in Fiji is okay. You know. You, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure. My PR team probably would have been too happy about me missing <laughs> the most. Uh, the most important week, probably on the earnings calendar. But anyway, I didn't plan it. I booked it a long time ago. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, still a huge week. You know, we've got lots of S and P 500 companies reporting. Um, we've already had some earnings trickle through this week uber yesterday i think sam you mentioned it i think you put some some commentary out on yeah. that they were up sort of 15 percent um during last night's session revenue beat strong forward guidance um they're expecting a strong october uh booming travel easing lockdowns and and shifts in consumer spending but then at the same time we we then had the sort of the the travel theme continue we had airbnb last night as well and on the flip side of that um they had a pretty nice beat across the board, uh, but the street didn't like comments from Airbnb that cited bookings may moderate slightly heading into Q4, which, again, you, you sort of got a, a bit of a differing view there from Uber and Airbnb. Uber saying that they're seeing travel demand continuing to soar, mm. whereas Airbnb sort of saying, okay, we're, we're maybe expecting a, a slight moderation. Maybe, maybe they're just erring on the side of caution with that, you know, not wanting to go into bullish with guidance to then you know hopefully set up for a Smart beat move. heading into into q4 yeah um i think guidance was actually pretty decent um q4 guidance was actually in line with with estimates as well um it got punished after hours as well uh, it was down sort of about sort of seven or eight percent and that came after a record quarterly revenue and its highest ever quarterly profit as well so it just shows how how much this uh this forward guidance means and and anything that sort of shows yeah any weakness is is being punished so that's certainly going to be another one to watch as well you know especially i think it's got such a unique moat there loyal sort of uh, customer base um unique obviously offerings in in that sense and i think something to to sort of keep in mind um and obviously then we've got other travel names set to report over the next week as well we've got booking.com you've got marriott um so something to to bear in mind for investors then earlier in the week we had um bp Uh, they beat expectations for obviously our our uk listeners profit of 8.2 billion for the quarter um also announcing a two and a half billion dollar buyback as well yeah the, the oil majors just as expected are just posting just some seriously strong numbers yeah obviously as commodity prices you know continue to to sort of fly um the energy sector once again is obviously leading uh earnings growth um for the s p 500 it's up around about 134 percent for growth and is the largest contributor to earnings growth for the s p 500 as well in q3 2022 so yeah massive um i think obviously the big question marks over sort of bp and shell over you know paying dividends paying taxes you know all of that so i think i think they actually i think they actually dropped after earnings um 
after they reported uh so even though you uh post 8.2 billion in profit you you can't please the street sometimes <laughs> um then later this week we've got starbucks which is always a good one for consumer spending it's always a good read there which for now if we're looking at sort of consumer spending doesn't seem to be sort of slowing down uh, especially if we look at sort of retail spending data uh, yeah. we also actually had some data out here in the last few days from Australia, which is just looking at um, sort of spending of, of um, credit cards and just debit cards, again, remains elevated, remains at, you know, highs of 2020, 2021 and 2022. We're still sort of right at that sort of top level there. So you've also then got PayPal and Block. So two um, sort of fintech names, two payment industry names. So again, another nice reading of, of if we're seeing that transaction volume go through. Uh, and then elsewhere, you've got names like, such as Atlassian, Barrett Gold, Berkshire Hathaway as well, just to name a few. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, th- I think we, we've got to be happy with what we've had so far. We've had 307 companies report from the S&P 500. Um, and the the reported earnings to date um, is is 72.3% of those are, are above analyst expectations. And the blended earnings growth estimate is for 4.7%. And that's not far off of the expectations that we had going in of 5%. Mm. Um, but we've still got about 40% of companies still to report. So, you know, it, it's, there's still a lot that can happen. But the market seems to be happy with what we've seen so far. Um, despite, as you say, Sam, those sort of misses that we've had from the the big tech names last week. Q2 earnings were the catalyst for the last market rally that we've had. Um, And I think we've seen the same, right? You know, you talked about that performance that we had from the Dow Jones, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ. Um, I think think earnings have been the catalyst of this. It's it's better than what we're expecting. We're still having 72% of companies beating analyst expectations on earnings. Um, so yeah, in this market, you've got to take the positives when they come. And, and this is certainly one of those. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's so key <clears throat> just mention their forward guidance. You know, you could have on the face of it, a really good earnings report, but if they come out and say something about the upcoming quarter, the market has to price that in. Uh, and it's going to be so interesting just with that word or two words forward guidance with the fed this evening, what they say, you know, they could in theory, you know, have, a 50 basis point hike again i don't think that's the case at all but then be super super hawkish in the press conference again that would be so contradictory mm-hmm. but the market will go off that forward guidance and it'll be so volatile um also last night when i was working so so hard after hours uh, i wrote the bear case uh as well and and by the way if i've missed anything please do tweet message whatever um so you, you've got you in theory you might have the fed they're wanting to avoid the sort of late 1970s early 80s mistakes and cutting interest rates too soon if they want to avoid Mm. that that means that pivot isn't going to come soon it's going to be 75 this month 75 next month and the idea of slowing down is is going to be further away valuations not near 2001 or 2008 levels as well so maybe there's still room to go we know a recession is is coming in europe uh recession is is coming maybe not coming in in the us i guess it's what what kind of recession you know money is costing too much that's going to slow growth um you know shallow and technical recessions have not been achieved and managed well by the fed in the past either so it's not you know a guarantee that just because we have a shallow or technical recession that is going to be well managed margins have only just started to compress Tina, so there is no alternative is over. The yield differential between stocks and bonds is is getting is getting smaller. And actually, despite what we mentioned in the bull case, bull case about sentiment being historically bad, 
which again, that contrarian indicator would mean it's good. Flows are still good. So people are still, you know, investing, which indicates that the capitulation isn't close. So, you know, there is a balanced argument there. And I, and I feel from a, a webinar I did on Monday with Ben Laidler, we talked about just whether the low is in or not and and put that to mm. the audience and I, i'd say 50 percent said yes 50 percent said no so you've almost got the, the market really well poised going into the back end of of this week so yeah gonna be massive uh and and for the rest of november i mean what we on the second so we've obviously got the bank of england tomorrow the fed today us adp ahead of the non-farm payroll release on friday we've also got us ism services pmi which will be interesting next week u.s midterms chinese inflation u.s inflation uk gdp on the friday as well uh and, and that really will cover the next sort of couple of weeks and obviously big things to come uh in in the back end of november as well um but yeah busy week this one busy week last one busy week next uh i think we just need to roll on for the was it the last or second last week of uh november with um what's it called thanksgiving when the market's just a mm. little bit more quiet but even then it probably won't be will it no of course it's <laughs> it's still still going to keep getting crazy i think till, till the end of the year um i'm just reading a, a little stat here as well that o- october has been the savior for bear markets on a number of occasions uh in in history uh so october's in 2011 2002 1998 mm-hmm. 1987 1974 1990, 1966, and 1957 all marked the lows of the bear markets over those years. Um, so maybe a little bit of positivity to end on that this could be maybe October to the rescue. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm glad you finished on some positivity because finishing on the bear case is not what our listeners want to hear. Uh, but look, we'll be we'll be back next week unless one of us is living the dream in in a hot country and i know for sure that's not going to be me um although it is blue skies out here and it's actually dark in australia right now which makes me feel okay yeah. considering you're about to go into you know summer uh, and we're about to go into a cold winter for the next few months but josh as always it's been a pleasure thank you and thanks everyone for listening good to be back as always take care everyone you've been listening to digest and invest from etoro For more information, visit etoro.com.